Hey, welcome to Money Morning Podcast. Today I've got Adam Grimo of Open Learning. Open Learning is an ASX listed company. The ticker is OLL. It's got a very powerful technology stack which could disrupt the education industry. If you've ever wondered what a micro credential is, definitely check this out. Here's Adam. Hey, Adam, how's it going? Yeah, good, thanks. Great to be here. Well, I'm really excited about your company because it's particularly working in the education space. And what we know is that the education industry is rapidly evolving, particularly in light of people spending more time at home and things like remote learning. So I was hoping you could just give us a rundown of how open learning addresses students' needs and also the needs of employers. Yeah, definitely. So um, as you can imagine, when you're trying to learn anything, and certainly when you're learning at home, um, being engaged and excited about what you're learning is really important, right? Because otherwise you lose motivation. And a lot of times when people are taking online courses or even face-to-face -face courses and they feel demotivated, they end up dropping out or they don't learn what they wanted to learn and they often blame themselves. Um, but the reality is uh, they shouldn't be blaming themselves. It's actually the learning experience, the platform, the way everything is designed that contributes to that being a, success a successful learning experience. So at Open Learning, uh, what we do is we provide a lifelong learning platform that focuses on uh, student engagement, uh, project-based learning, problem solving, building a very strong community of practice in your course, whichever type of course that might be. And through that environment, through the Open Learning environment, um, we work with universities, colleges, education providers for, to help them bring their courses online and to build you know, really successful uh, education businesses in the lifelong learning space. So everything from a short course to a micro-credential to even full online master's degrees. Uh, all of that can run and does run through open learning. So yeah, you know, really what we're doing is making the educational experience a lot more engaging, a lot more outcomes-based, and a lot more you know, constructive, we call it. It's really a socially constructive um, experience that we're putting together for the students. And that's really critical if you're going to learn anything, and certainly if you're going to try and learn online. Yeah, I think a lot of students would uh, would echo those sort of comments you had about uh, engagement and sort of blaming themselves. But I'm going to pivot right now to, I guess, the specifics of your company, uh, which is the business model. I saw your latest investor presentation, which lays out the SAAS vision. Would you call it education as a service? And also, how does that sort of all play together and how does your business achieve scale? Yeah, so um, that, that, that's a great question. So at Open Learning, our core business is the platform. And we generate revenue from our platform in a couple of ways. Uh, one of the key ways is software as a service. So you know, an education provider that could be everyone from a top university in the world all the way through to a corporate trainer or a small you know, college. Uh, they can actually go onto our website. They can sign up and use the platform and with Open Learning, they get the all-in-one solution for delivering their courses online. Everything from collecting payments for the course, if they want to, all the way through to the learning experience, assessment, uh, digital credentials, and micro-credentials. So the software as a service component encompasses all of that technology. And Open Learning is a global cloud platform. So as more people join the platform, we achieve um, you know, economies of scale and the benefits of scale. So at this point, we have 2.9 million users on the platform, 184 education providers paying on the software as a service model. So that's really the core of what we do. 
Now, the second element of, of that, the second way we derive revenue from the platform is almost a bit like, uh, as you say, education as a service, where we're partnering with top institutions and organizations to deliver their courses online. And in that model, we're providing not just the platform, but also all the delivery services around it. So everything from you know, supporting uh, the students, issuing the credentials, um, facilitating the courses, sometimes even delivering the course itself. So in that category, we have two really exciting programs we're running. One of them is the UNSW Transition Program Online, which is a uh, preparation program for international students who want to come to the university and just miss out on getting the right marks. So it gets them to the next level to get in. And the second program, which we've just launched in the past week, is called CS 101, Computer Science 101, which is a micro-credential program for computer science. So we have um, these two uh, core models, um, and that's where we derive most of our revenue uh, from the platform. Well, it certainly sounds like a pretty powerful technology stack you've got going there, but you mentioned micro-credentials and CS 101. So from my understanding, that's computer science micro-credential, and there's a lot of focus these days on STEM jobs. I actually wound up doing an arts degree and you know, it made me, made me think about the world in different ways, but increasingly, I think there may be a trend away from broader degrees, as valuable as they are, and maybe more of a focus on niche skills that are more relevant to both students and employers. So my, my main question here is what's Open Learning's role in all of this? Yeah, it's a good point. So um, our role is really providing the platform for whatever type of course, you know, any education provider wants to run, um, whether that's, a, you know, a course on philosophy, liberal arts, all the way through to computer science, you know, cybersecurity, um, everything in between. Um, I myself, actually, I studied an arts degree as well. Um, oh, wow. I, yeah, I combined it with a software engineering degree, though. So That's a strange I, combination. It was. I think when I graduated, there were only, I, I think I was one of only two people graduating with that combination. Wow. Um, but, but it actually, I, I, think, I think it was quite interesting. It was quite good. Um, I enjoyed it because I think having that, um, I guess, that balance and also that cross-disciplinary educational experience is extremely valuable. Um, so yeah. now if, if we go back to sort of that computer science program, the computer science micro-credentials, um, I think you're right. I think a lot of people, they want something that they feel will get them a job or get them or, or make them more employable or increase their productivity. Um, you know, that, that's really what a lot of people are looking for. At the same time, I think that, um, you know, people have to generally be aware that you can't learn everything overnight. Uh, and there's a lot of skills that, you know, maybe you can scratch the surface, you know, in a few weeks or a few months, but if you actually really want to excel in something, just like if you're playing a sport or you're picking up a hobby, you know, it takes practice, uh, it takes experience. So what we've done with Computer Science 101 is we've put together a micro-credential program, which is three courses long. Uh, each one is about 12 weeks part-time, so you can do it, you know, while you're working. It's all online. Um, you know, well-supported, lots of activities, lots of projects. Uh, but the idea is that it covers the fundamental skills of computer science. So everything from how the computer works from a microprocessor and you know, zeros and ones, uh, all the way through to how uh, modern programming practice um, works and, and you learn how to program uh, through the course as well. But really what that course is doing is teaching you how to learn. So it's you know, learning how to learn, which is actually yeah. um, one, of the, one of the key skills in computing. So I guess putting all of that together, what we're hoping is that 
you know, people may have um, taken a degree in a different field. Maybe they've been working for five to 10 years and actually they're very happy in their current job, let's say, or in, in, the, in the field they're in. But they know that if they had some computer science knowledge, then they would be, you know, just that much more productive, 10% more productive, 20%, you know, they're yeah. doing something on Excel, they could write the script that they need. So that, that's really the idea. I think, how do we give people uh, skills that either make them more employable or increase their productivity or even help them shift into a new area? You know, maybe they're, yeah. um, you know, maybe they're, they're sort of a marketer and they want to move into dig digital marketing or they're, you know, an accountant wanting to get into, you know, data analytics. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of ways people can go. So, so that's really the idea with what we're doing. With CS101, we're working with industry experts, tech companies, education providers um, to really provide these skills uh, to everyone who wants them. But yeah, in terms of the open learning uh, context overall, we try and do that across every field. So, you know, everything yeah. can be practical and engaging online. Well, and those same data analytics jobs, uh, you know, could use business ethics courses or something something to that effect. So I guess there's a yeah. lot of scope there to expand the offering, um, sort of depending on what the market wants. Uh, and increasingly we're seeing just the need to have knowledge from multiple different, uh, different sort of fields or disciplines because uh, things aren't sort of siloed anymore, are they? They're sort of, uh, they're, they're, you know, you need this breadth of knowledge. So I think the open learning idea is definitely good and, and the computer science degree you know, it's given given what the changes we're seeing in the world is probably, you know, a great starting point um, for for building the model. Um, I guess my next question is: You mentioned universities previously. Now, some people might frame it as competitive with universities, but you've recently picked up an agreement with the University of Wollongong. What other partnerships do you have, and sort of how do you see your collaboration with universities? evolving and how you get more market penetration. Yeah, so th that's a good point. So we work very closely with universities. Uh, universities represent the majority of our revenue. And what we do is we enable the universities to extend the reach of their brand into lifelong learning. So, you know, when these universities are looking at moving beyond their core degree programs or even bringing some of their degrees online, they want to work with a partner that has experience in that space. And what we bring to the table is our technology stack, um, the platform, all the tools, you know, the scalability, um, but also the educational um, experience and expertise that we've developed in the online education space. Uh, that includes our learning design team who can help you know, build courses, digitize the courses, uh, and all the way through to micro-credentials where we've developed a framework called OpenCreds, which is Australia's first cross-sector micro-credential framework for lifelong learning. And it's now being adopted by a number of universities and private providers across the country. So with these universities, we're working together to actually help them build out their short course and micro-credential offering, or in some cases, bring some of their degree programs online. So we see the universities playing a central role in lifelong learning um, today and going forward. I think most people, when you think of a university, you think of, you know, the the buildings and the sandstone and you know yeah. the, uh, the degrees and and that's the bulk you know that's the majority of what they do um, but universities have a very significant role to play in continuous upskilling throughout someone's career you know i think we, we might maybe people go to university for three or four years in their undergraduate maybe a few people come back for a postgraduate i think in the future you know a lot of those courses will be unbundled they'll be broken down a bit they'll be a lot smaller 
And you'll find universities offering courses to you know, alumni for professional development for a whole host of uh, areas. Um, and, and that's what we enable them to do. And many of them are doing that through our platform. So um, yeah, in Australia, we work with 10 of the 43 universities in the country. Wow. And we've got quite a few overseas that we work with as well. So um, yeah, we see that as being a big market going forward. Well, I'm going to ask you a big question in just a second, but I, when you were speaking just before, I had a couple interesting thoughts. The first one is you could almost frame this as a sort of decentralization of education, um, or at least sort of expanding its reach to lifelong learning and making it a continuous exercise that is able to be done anywhere. And in that, in that way, it's sort of decentralization of education. But additionally, the value add to these universities is probably building stronger alumni bonds, right? So, and that's an important thing for, for most universities. So I guess that makes sense from a, from a sort of, you know, complementary business perspective. Um, but with having said that and said my piece, I, I really want to tee it up for you, Adam. This is a big one. What are your, some of your near-term goals? And how do you see that playing into open learning's future in a sort of two to three year time frame? I know it's 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 uh, sort of early days, but I, I'd really like to get your opinion on that. Yeah. So, so what we're focused on is really growing our platform revenue. Um, and platform revenue, as I said before, has two components. It's got the software as a service component and it's got our program delivery segment. So in both of those segments, we're focused on growing uh, in the SaaS segment, growing the number of universities and education providers on the platform um, and growing the, the revenue there. Uh, in the program delivery segment, we focus on programs that can work across multiple institutions. So rather than just going to one university and say, we're going to build one program with you and this program's you know, just, just for you. And if we want to do another one, we'll go to a different university. We actually look at programs that can involve multiple partners, multiple universities. So what, what you'll see from us is with, let's say the UNSW transition program online, the pathway program uh, for international students, that's a, that's a program to go into UNSW at the moment. But we've indicated that, you know, we're talking with universities around the world to accept that program as a pathway into their universities as well. That means we get the economies of scale in those programs. So our aim will be to sign up as many partners, as many universities as possible to accept uh, that as a pathway to drive up the number of students in that program. Similarly with CS101, the focus of that is getting more technology companies on board as partners and getting more universities and education providers to offer credit to students who accept that program. So that way a student could take that course and then actually decide maybe they wanna study a master's degree and they got, they've got now got 10 universities to choose from, all of whom are gonna give them some credit. So, and that's, that's the idea. Our goal is to increase the number of partners, uh, number of SaaS customers, and that will drive up our top line revenue and will also increase our average revenue per user. Um, so just to put things into perspective, on the software as a service side, obviously technology focused, highly scalable, but your average revenue per user is going to be quite low, right? It's going to be, you know, say $5 uh, to $10 per user per year because it's just, it's a platform, people pay for the platform, they use it, you know, it's, it's yep. good. Um, but on the program side, you know, we're looking at, um, you know, CS 101 average revenue per user anywhere from say 500 to $1,000 plus um, transition program, you know, we're looking at um, revenue per user, the program sells for 15, $16,000 uh, per student. Obviously, you get a fewer number of students, but your revenue per user is going to go up significantly. 
So that, that's really our focus, growing that revenue, growing the revenue per user and getting more institutions on board. Okay, well, that's, uh, that's a very interesting breakdown of what I think is a exciting and interesting company. Uh, so really, Adam, at, at the end of the day, I just want to thank you for your time. I really appreciated this chat. And, uh, and hopefully maybe in the future, I can get you on uh, once there have been some further developments. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really interested in the education space and uh, very grateful for your time today. Oh, thank you. Yeah, fantastic. Um, it's really great to be here with you as well. I think I'm always uh, you know, thrilled to chat about the future of education and uh, there's yeah. so much happening. It's so important. Yeah. So it's great that you're covering it as well. Well, there's definitely some big changes afoot. Have a good one, Adam. Thanks. Well, that was a great chat I had with Adam Bromo of Open Learning. I've always really been interested in education and how it works and finding out how open learning operates as a business was pretty eye-opening to me. So by all means, check out Open Learning. And as always, like, subscribe, get in touch. We'd love to hear from you.